welcome to the Excuse My African podcast. My name is Stella Damasis and I am your host. Join me as I take you on a journey through the eyes of a misrepresented and misunderstood African girl abroad. In this episode, I will talk about the African natural life. Um, last year, I had a friend of mine who is um, a pastor, a businessman, an author, and he approached me and talked about a show, a television show that he wanted to, you know, put up. And he wanted me to be one of the facilitators. He wanted me to be a host. And he called it the Africa Victory Hour. I didn't understand, you know, the whole concept at first. And I said, you know, we have to talk about it to understand what the Africa Victory Hour is about. And he said that... He had a vision. Oh, by the way, he's, he's white, Mr. Mike Arnold. He's white. And he said he had a vision. He lives in America. And in the vision, he said he saw that the world needed to look to Africa to get its freedom, to get its uh, happiness, to find answers. That Africa is where the world is supposed to meet. Africa is where the world is supposed to look to, you know. And as he was going on, I'm like, I don't get it. Why should the world look at Africa for the answers? Why should the world look to Africa to see how life should really be? Because already the impression that people have of Africa and Africans is that we're a third world country. We're not even developed. You know, we're not as good as we're supposed to be. Our government is bad. We're, we're poor. We're not properly educated. We're this and we're that. So why would your vision show you that the world should look to Africa? I don't get it. And then he says, Africa is where the world started. And that is the melting pot of everything natural, everything that God created, everything that the world is supposed to be will still be found in Africa. The reason why Africa is being persecuted and treated like it's an orphan or anything is because of the fact that it is a special continent and people don't know. He kept telling me, he said, I'm American, but people think that America is where the answers are. America is the life. America is everything. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> don't say that to me because I'm here with you in America, so don't tell me that. And he said, no, you don't get it. At the end of the day, a lot of us will have to go back to Africa and live there and be a part of what God is about to do for the world. And that is where everything is going to be. And as he was talking, it began to dawn on me. And I'm like, really, Africa is where we have everything natural. Everything that God created that's undiluted is in Africa. All the natural resources, all the natural everything from food you know, to remedies, all the cures in the world that medicine has not been able to find, that medicine cannot explain, it is found in Africa. It's just that we need more in Africa. We need the education. We need the exposure to allow us to use, to enable us to use what natural things we have to fix the problems we have in the world. And this made me think back to my grandfather who died at the age of 110 plus. <laughs> Amazing, crazy, but yeah, he did. And when I looked at his lifestyle, spoke to him, spoke to my grandma and my mother, I kept asking, what kept him this long? How did he stay strong until over 100 years old? And what I discovered was that he did everything natural, the way Africans, the real 
Africans really do it. He ate natural food. Everything he did was organic. Everything he ate, everything he touched, everything he used, they were all organic. All the remedies for his headaches, for his stomach upsets, for his diarrhea, for, for everything, he used natural remedies. And his skin was amazing, you know, his eyes were great, everything was great. Then I started to remember how, you know, he would go to the farm every day to get what he wanted to eat, him and his wife, as old as they were. They had bicycles that they would put beside them and they would walk, as, they wouldn't climb on it. <laughs> they used the bicycle as transportation for the food. They would walk to the farm, get what they needed to eat for that day, come back, and it was their daily exercise, natural. They didn't have a treadmill they didn't have anything, any weights to lift, nothing. They were walking to the farm and they were taking food that they planted and they were eating it. My grandfather had tons of refrigerators that were bought for him by his children. He had sons who were in America. He had my mom who was in the city and, you know, she lived in, 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 in Asaba, in Benin, and they were all cities. They would buy stuff for him. He did not use those things. My grandfather never refrigerated his food. He would not bring out his food from a refrigerator and warm it or microwave it. He had all those things, but he would never use it. At first, we were all upset that why didn't he want to, you know, change? Why didn't he want to move with times? He didn't want to microwave anything. So he would eat organic food. Everything he ate was fresh from the farm. Nothing in a can. Nothing at all in a can. It was always the fresh vegetables, fresh tomatoes, fresh pepper, you know, yam, um, cassava. Everything he ate was fresh and it has to be freshly cooked. And they have to cook what they will eat for the day and that's it. They cannot eat the same thing the next day. I felt that was too much. But you know what? To them, they were not spending money because they were getting it from their farm. They were not buying it. They had their own farm. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot to think about. Because if you think about it today, everybody is going back to organic food. We now have stores that sell organic food like Sprout and the rest of them. People now realize that everything that they should eat to help them to, to be healthy and live a healthy lifestyle is to go back to eat the organic food where you can really see what you're eating, not the canned ones that will, will be made with different chemicals and different artificial a flavoring and, and things that make it grow faster than usual. The things that we buy in stores and we feed ourselves with and then we complain that the world is riddled and saddled with so many diseases that we cannot even control or understand. Right down to what my grandfather would drink. His palm wine, you know, that was made from the trees that they would take the, the liquid out of the tree and then when they wanted to turn into an alcoholic beverage, they would just leave it there to ferment for about two, three days. But it was the same organic liquid from a tree, which was natural. Or they would drink something like Zobo. Zobo is from hibiscus flower. It's the liquid that is got out from the hibiscus flower or um, dried roselle plant. You know, they would drink that and that was their beverage. They were not drinking um canned juice or soda or all these things that we feed ourselves with every day and it was rare to find people like that with diabetes because they were taking care of themselves right down to their hair i was asking my mother i'm like have you noticed that there's a trend there's something that's changed 
between when you know my mother and the people and the generation before them were taking care of their natural hair and now it was much easier for them but at that time they didn't even have the products all the products that we have today that we pack into our hair they didn't have that so they were using coconut oil palm kernel oil they were using ori shea butter for their hair and then when they wanted it stretched they would use the thread method or they would use a stretching comb put it on the stove and then you know stretch it out they didn't use chemicals or relaxers or all of these things that we see in the beauty supply stores that we put in our hair and i noticed that their hair was thicker longer and it was it was fuller it was healthy my mother's hair used to go up all the way to to her waist it was long but it was natural 4c hair and she didn't do much with it she didn't have to manipulate it i don't even remember my mother in in a perm or in braids or if she did that it's probably through the stretching comb and then she would use something to roll it and everything and i don't remember her putting any chemicals in her hair and her hair was amazing and then when it came to you know curing little things they didn't really have first aid boxes at that time even right now in africa a lot of people a lot of villages a lot of places you go to they really don't have first aid boxes in their homes they use natural remedies that work faster now i used to doubt these things because i was born and raised in the city and all of that but when a niece of mine had a boil a huge boil i would say oh let's get antibiotics let's go to the pharmacy let's put the chemical thing on it let's put whatever they gave us i mean i'm not saying that it's wrong to go to the pharmacy or to the doctor i do we have to but i'm saying that africa has so much of its values its culture its nature it's organic stuff it's natural remedies that the world should actually look at and they'll be amazed at how fast they can get some cures for things that they never thought of so my niece had this boil and it was so huge and i was recommending different things that i felt oh i could get on google or i could call a pharmacy or something and then her mother came and said oh no she has these and when she does i just put palm oil on it it's red oil i just put the palm oil on it and it has some components in it that are very strong and those components help the boil to soften and it goes ripe and it, it bursts by itself i'm like oh come on you don't believe that do you and she says try it and she did she put it on her daughter's boil and the next day it burst open i'm like as i yesterday this boil was not even it wasn't ready to go anywhere but today it's burst open and i started using that remedy and i realized oh my goodness it is so true and it's an ingredient that i have there in my pantry and when when i was much younger we would have a cold or we would have malaria my grandmother would boil bitter leaf or she would make pepper soup you know and we would drink it and then we'll start to sweat immediately it breaks the fever it opens our, our nasal ducts and everything and you breathe better and all of that and then um, for cuts and bruises and things like that we would use ori the shea butter or the coconut oil and then sometimes when children had mumps yes i'm telling you guys when children had mumps some of their parents would chew raw corn like corn from the farm chew it mash it up and then spread it on the areas where the mump is especially on the jaw spread it on there and in two three days it's all gone i'm like how is this possible but as i was growing up and as i was remembering all the remedies that my grandparents used that my mother used i realized this is where it is this is where the cure for a lot of things are this is where we could save ourselves from the trouble the world should look at africa and africans and 
emulate them and see because right now we're going back to what our forefathers used in Africa. We're going back to the whole natural hair thing, organic food, natural remedies. Everyone is using baking soda. Everyone is using turmeric powder and things like that. Everyone now realizes that the more natural it is, the better and the safer. And Africa still has that. We haven't lost it. Not just Africa. India has that. The Chinese man has that. The Chinese people have that. And I'm like, Africa is so blessed. We just don't realize it because other people and the media have told us that, oh, Africa is poor, is this, is that. But I'm telling you that there are amazing things that the world can learn from Africa. There are so many companies right now that go to Africa and take the natural things there, come back to America, repackage them and resell them to us. <laughs> I'm telling you. Even our fabric, even our accessories, our beads, everything that we have, they bring it back here. They remake it with the same products that we have and that we grow. And then they repackage everything and then we go to the stores and buy the same thing. So I'm hoping that at some point Africa will begin to benefit from everything that's been taken from people that have come to take stuff from Africa. I'm praying that we will start to benefit from it. So the world will stop calling us poor because we have all the riches, everything, all the, the gold, the diamond, you know, all the food, the cocoa, the shea butter, everything. We have it. And the world comes in, takes it from us, go to repackage it, and we're still not benefiting from it. We have to start to look into these things. And I'm going to be talking about it some more because it's time that, you know, African-Americans will tell you stay woke. It's time for Africans to open their eyes too. It's time for us to realize that we cannot remain poor forever because we have everything that the world needs. The world is looking at us now, but they will not let you know because they don't want you to look at the same thing. But Africa is the center right now of the world, is the melting point, is a, is a place where everybody will converge at the end of the day. And trust me, I believe it. I strongly believe it. Thank you very much, but I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I hope you'll join me again for the next one. You can contact me via email, excusemyafrican at gmail.com, or visit the website, excusemyafrican.com, for more details. Remember to stay positive and give love. <music>